Monaco meets Monza in F1's return to Baku. Can Red Bull Racing and Max Verstappen extend their newfound championship leads? Hello and welcome to another F1 Strategy Report recap. My name's Michael Laminato and this is a preview of the 2021 Azerbaijan Grand Prix for Heeltread.com. Socks inspired by iconic cars. Use the code word STRATEGY for 10% off. Let's take a look back at the race from 2019. Charles Leclerc and Ferrari started the Azerbaijan weekend as favourites, thanks in part to that special 2019 power unit around Baku's long straights. But the Italian team's race unravelled as early as qualifying. Leclerc crashed in Q3 after a tyre gamble, and teammate Sebastian Vettel was dummied by both Mercedes cars on pit exit on his final lap, depriving him of a crucial slipstream and costing him a front row start. From there, Mercedes controlled the Grand Prix, and after much of practice had been lost to loose strain covers and red flags, few drivers had the confidence in the tyres to make up ground in the race. I caught up post-race with Ed Straw, now of the race and host of the Race F1 podcast. Ordinarily, we say a lack of practice time usually creates really chaotic uh, and unpredictable racing. Is this the first case in Formula One in recent times, anyway, where a lack of practice could well have contributed to a fairly tense but not particularly dramatic race? Potentially, yeah. It meant that teams weren't so sure what they could do with the tyres, how they would perform. The long running on Friday afternoon wasn't really worthy of the name. Some teams were doing very (laughs) short long runs, so they they didn't really get on top of how the softs were going to behave, how the mediums were going to behave. We were relying a little bit more on historic data also what they did on those short runs so yeah it created perhaps a little bit more caution shall we say where nobody really knew what they were what they were getting into and and whether that played a part in the uh, the lack of chaos uh, it's it's hard to say because of course the first Baku race in 2016 was was lambasted by everyone for being very very dull so sometimes you get what's the saying they they have in the states it's that cautions breed cautions isn't Mm. it and sometimes if you don't get that initial incident that starts to get people out of sequence and bunch people up you don't get that cascade effect as it were and we'll actually touch on that a little bit later because the virtual safety car kind of hinted at that and does sort of explain how previous races had that caution breeds caution effect uh but let's sort of start back with why this race became such a difficult one to judge for so many teams yes there was a lack of practice time but this track is quite unusual as well to sort of wrap your head around in terms of car setup. Uh, we saw in that limited practice time, particularly between Friday and then into Saturday, teams really trying to adjust and fine-tune the downforce levels because it's really such a difficult thing to do here given that it's kind of a, a super speedway crossed with a traditional street circuit, which is not something we have in Formula 1. Yeah, exactly. It is an unusual one. You've got that two-kilometre drag from the last real corner all the way down to the first corner, which is obviously a nightmare for tyre temperatures, so you arrive at turn one without the heat in the tyres. It's, it's interesting that the, the circuit for the past few years was a very much a low drag circuit so low downforce and it still is but the balance seems to have shifted a little bit and we saw Ferrari initially going quite well running a little bit more wing a little bit more rear wing than perhaps some of the others and that seemed to work really well we saw them trading off perhaps some of that big straight line advantage in order to be quick in the middle sector and they were really quick in the middle sector on Friday although the the balance changed as it went on we saw Renault struggling because they just didn't bring enough bring enough wing with them (laughs) basically they did a few things overnight from Friday to try and improve things but they were struggling because of that so yeah the the dials had had moved a little bit in terms of of what you needed the key was for for everyone was making the tires work though that this has been a big topic this year the thinner gauge tires you have to work them harder in order to get the temperature into them some teams fare better than others and we did see the clear pattern of those who've 
worked quite well with the tyres, doing well, and those who struggled so far this year struggling big time. Let's talk about that marathon qualifying that we had. Like you said, two hours more or less. A red flag caused by Charles Leclerc that in many respects undid Ferrari in Q3 or at least contributed to their undoing, we should say. Uh, this was a really surprising or happening really because Leclerc was the four man going into qualifying. It almost felt like it was a done deal even before he started. And fingers are beginning to be pointed at that idea that they were running the medium tyre in Q2 when he crashed. We even saw Vettel come close to crashing at turn eight as well. Was it too big a risk, do you think, for Ferrari to try and start on that tyre? No one else really had the inclination to. And is it too much to say that that was perhaps directly contributing to what ended up being the complete unravelling of Ferrari's weekend? Yeah, I think you have to say, say it was. Leclerc has to take responsibility for the crash, and he did. But as he put it, he basically breaks at the same point he would have done on the softs for turn eight obviously there's no room to escape there unless you commit early to the escape road so that led to him hitting the wall I don't really know even with how good a race tyre the medium was which was slightly unexpected I don't really see the benefit you would have got from starting on, on the mediums they they wanted to use a set of mediums at some stage in qualifying uh, they could have well have used it in Q1 got rid of it and then just focused on the soft and then drivers wouldn't have had to recalibrate so yeah I just think Ferrari just need to play it sharper and of course we saw that as well in Q3 mm-hmm. when Mercedes pulled over both cars having gone out the pits to do what were nominally notionally practice starts of course they were nothing of the sort it was a dummy uh, mm-hmm. and then Vettel had to go past and a few others and then Vettel thought all right well I haven't got so but they were in this position where Ferrari had to work so hard on the outlap to work the tyres that Vettel thought well if I just back off and wait for someone and we all start messing about yeah. nobody wanting to go first he just started the lap with no tyre temperatures so uh, yeah that put Ferrari in a, in a difficult position Vettel ended up qualifying with with no toe and uh, yeah that effectively eliminated any chance you have of getting on the front row and it was definitely on because neither Mercedes driver did a did a great lap really mm. in, in qualifying Bottas strung together a decent one but it, it wasn't perfect and in fact Hamilton after a poor first sector had basically got back ahead of Bottas by the last corner but Hamilton got a bit out of shape and uh, and and lost a bit a load of time in the last corner and on the drag to the to the line so it was all to play for but I think this was a session that was there for those who executed qualifying really well sometimes you have sessions in fact most of the sessions you have a car pace you know what it is and you you do the job and we saw that in in Shanghai for example where it's kind of two by two on the grid but I think there was much more scope here in Azerbaijan for a sharp race team well executed strategy do everything right to to make the difference between being fifth on the grid or first we get to the race though and Mercedes had the opportunity to to break the record four consecutive one two finishes to start the season uh, which ultimately did come to pass Uh, almost was undone for Valtteri Bottas though at the start some really fair racing between Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas for the first couple of turns and then Bottas was able to control the pace from there. But it wasn't long after the start that teams started to realise that this soft tyre they'd started on, which, as you sort of said before, almost all of them chose to start on, even those with free tyre choice, was nowhere near as good as they thought it would have been. Um, the conditions were a little bit different in the race. The race started earlier than in qualifying, was a little bit warmer. Track, con- uh, track temperatures were also a little bit warmer. But This really speaks to that idea that there was not very much long-run practice time. No one really had a a great grasp on the tyres. And suddenly, within five laps, the question of what kind of race this was going to be was already being asked. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think the track temperatures played a part in it. Obviously, you've got heavy cars at the start, so you always work those tyres fairly hard. And of course, those at the front, 
had, had qualified in Q2 on uh, on the tyres they started on as well. So yeah, it's a little bit of accelerated use in that. So yeah, we had some people encountering graining, and of course, graining even if you clear it will accelerate the the degradation as well. So it just got to the point where everybody wanted to get off the uh, off the softs, and basically you had by what was it about lap 14 when Verstappen came and you had all the all the soft starters had uh, had come in uh, and and made the stop leaving just a handful of, of medium runners still out there including Leclerc so it just shows how how surprising even it can be for Formula One teams they have all this data they can go through and historic knowledge etc etc and the expectations don't always tally with with what happens and and certainly losing some of practice Will have will have played a, a significant a significant part in that as well as the the changing conditions and yeah I, I, for the most part they all they all responded pretty well to it so they weren't able to do these marathon soft stints but then of course it created the problem where those who'd started on the mediums wanted to extend as long as possible to avoid getting onto the softs in case they fell apart at the end but it was interesting because as the race went on you you saw less of a, a difference between the two tires and in fact some of the people that stopped later. Or, or put on extra sets they didn't have prodigious pace relatively speaking so the conditions kind of stabilized as the race went on in 2021 f1's back in baku and while it's another street circuit the challenge is dramatically different to monaco last time out this track is all about taking off as much downforce from the car as the driver is comfortable with and trying to live with it through the twisty second sector This will be another interesting comparison for Mercedes and Red Bull Racing. Traction and slow corner performance is important, which should be Max Verstappen's domain. But engine power will also count for a lot, which means this weekend we'll get a real glimpse at how close Honda has moved to Mercedes in the power stakes. The surface and layout aren't particularly stressful for the tyres, and in 2019 the race was comfortably completed in one stop. But this year, Pirelli is bringing its softest compounds to Azerbaijan for the first time. This will put more of an emphasis on preservation, which is a Hamilton strength in this title fight. The compound choices should see some more strategic variation, especially given overtaking is very possible down the mammoth front straight. So can Max Verstappen and Red Bull Racing consolidate their title leads, or will Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes avenge their undercooked Monaco performances? I'll be back next week to debrief all the action. Until then, you can subscribe to The Strategy Report wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter for our regular pre-race strategy guides. The Strategy Report is a Beer Mogul podcast. Special thanks to Ben Loke from Bloke Designs for the show artwork, and our theme music is by Simon Hosford. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you next week.